back in Taco Tuesday edition of the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by Maverick Sports. I am Danny Williams along with Danny Bailey. We're the double D's. Danny Bailey, how are you, sir? Doing well. Doing very well today. I'm glad to have you today. Looking forward to doing this podcast here on a Tuesday and Monday, like the aftermath of the football weekend. You're emotional. You're running, you know, uh, high and low, and it is tough. Tuesday's the day where you can at least, like, come back to earth a little bit before you, I don't know, man, gear back up towards what will be the 49ers, the Broncos, um, I think biggest challenge and test through um, their first couple few games of the season here. But uh, Coach Hackett yesterday during his uh, press conference, I'd say kind of falling on the sword. For some, it was good enough. For some, it wasn't quite good enough. Uh, Talking about the team's communication issues, talking about the team's uh, clock management issues, and talking about about how he, you know, using the word he and we a couple times, but he um, having to be better at getting the information and the plays out to uh, Russell Wilson quicker. The decisions have to be made quicker. But also, Danny Bailey, it sounds like when you hear it on the outside looking, you're like, what? We don't, we don't, like, what's happening? Yeah. Is it you, the, Coach Hackett can't make a decision on the play call. That's what it feels like. Like the guy can't make a play, like the play call. Can't spit the play call out or make a decision. I don't think it's necessarily that. I think in his ear is his offensive coordinator, a couple position coaches, an analytics guy or two, somebody else in the staff who might, um, again, I'm not really sure. But you have to, again, someone in his ear telling him who's on the field defensively against his offense. I mean, I could, you really could. I can only really imagine all the things. Every comp I do on the radio show has to do with, like, JJ's nine-year-old sports teams. So it was funny today. Yeah. So it was funny today. Terry from California, a listener, called in and was kind of just saying to see that the same exact thing. He's coaching nine-year-olds right now. And he said, you got a sub. You got some rules. You got some this and that. Like, it took it takes a couple of weeks to just figure it out, coaching nine-year-old kids at the YMCA, okay? So while it feels like Coach Hackett should have his act together and should know what he's doing, well, again, it's the process of implementing exactly what we're going to be doing on game days, um, at halftime, um, two-minute drills, all the way through the checklist is there's a million different things I think that you have to consider and think about and then therefore relay the play into Russell Wilson's ear um, besides calling the right play, you know, in the right situation. So um, we know that it's been a mess. The clock management has been Fangio-esque. The penalties are ridiculous. They look like they're, um, they look so um, messy, it's like such a mess, um, but I think that's part of new quarterback plus new team plus new head coach um, plus the new head coach implementing his new school philosophy of what he feels training camp in the preseason should be. All those things together have created a one-in-one Broncos team that has looked good but has not broken out yet and um, has been sloppy in the process. They're not 0-2. They haven't been outclassed. They lost a first game that was out of this world in terms of emotion and what the game really meant as a whole that maybe got the best of them. 
And if you beat the 49ers here on Sunday night, people are going to be talking about the Broncos as haven't played their best stuff yet, but 2-1 and one and uh, show, showing signs and life of being an early contender. You feel me? Oh, yeah, I feel you. Okay. But I'm pretty skeptical about how they'll do against the 49ers. What do you mean? I mean, the 49ers got better with Jimmy G. The 49ers are a better team with Jimmy G at quarterback than Trey Lance right now. I think you know more and what you're getting with, are the, yeah. 49ers are the top defense in the league in yards allowed. I think and you so know, while I, this team has moved the ball, while the Broncos and Russell yeah. Wilson have moved the ball, I think they've really got to figure out the run game and be able to do some things differently than they did in the first couple games to keep that offense going against the top defense in the league. I think it's a good and a bad thing that Garoppolo's going to start. For one, there's a more of a certainty of what they're going to face, exactly who and sure. what they're going to face. Trey Lance was still so, the uh, the ceiling is like the, the, the upside for the guy is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He was going to have a couple of games this year like Jalen Hurts had yesterday where he throws for a bunch of yards, rushes for a couple touchdowns. He's that kind of athlete. And it was like coming, okay? Kind of like it's coming for the Broncos offense. So the Broncos avoided that. But also, you know that the Garoppolo-led 49ers are going to score 20 to 24 points, guaranteed. And uh, they're going to do it meticulously and matriculate the ball down the field. Um, Wear you down and wear you out. Um, So you know exactly what's coming. You're just going to have to, if you're the Broncos, go score 26 points um, against what you're calling the best defense in the NFL, right? So easier said than done. But also, this is a 49ers team like last year that um, hasn't been great early in the season, and we expect them to put the whole thing together down the stretch of the second half of the season. Hopefully, we get them at the right place in the right time. This would be a huge, huge win for the Broncos, a statement win for the Broncos um, on the come-up, what we're feeling like is the comeback, the come-up of you know Broncos country. And um, I think that what... Coach Hackett has to do to win everybody back is go steal a game against the 49ers and maybe do it by a Mike McDaniel fourth and seven play call like he had week one where Jalen Waddle goes for 22 yards and it was like one of the best play calls and boldest of the weekend. Um, Coach Hackett has to coach them into a win in a game that we would have otherwise uh, had a loss coming. Yeah. That's you know that's what the good ones do, and and again you take chances sometimes and it comes back to bite you. Um, who went for two last year? Harbaugh and the Ravens went yeah. for two last year, didn't get it, lost the game. Their season ended up kind of unraveling down the stretch of the season, and it ended up big picture kind of hurting them. So um, while the Broncos weren't, you know, I don't think had those kind of same expectations as the Ravens did last year, we're, you know, we're a step or two away from those kind of expectations, different kind of pressure. Um, I'm hoping that the Broncos get one back. It's got to be against a team like the 49ers. Nothing is ever as it seems going into an NFL season. These first two games, that would be easy. Without the Jaguars, would be a poop team. They just had a great win. Um, the 49ers maybe aren't as good as we thought right Right now, and the Raiders, uh, again, like I thought, uh, and a lot of people love, we're loving on the Raiders, thought they'd be back down. They are, at least right now. So the ebb and the flow, the ups and the downs of the season, the Broncos can win this game. I like now that they're kind of playing themselves into a comfortable underdog position, it feels like. It feels like a lot of people are already chalking this up and counting this as a loss. Um, I think the Broncos 
I didn't say will, can win this game. It's Tuesday. We'll talk a little bit more about how exactly they get that done, and then we'll see who's healthy enough to go. They uh, definitely can. They can win because we saw – okay. Yeah, they can because what we saw a lot in the first two weeks is the Broncos struggling to actually score. But they were on the goal line a bunch of times. They had some passes in the end zone that came back or that were called incompletions or called touchdowns and turned over to be incompletions because guys couldn't get their feet in. So this is a team that is very close to getting more points on the board. And if they do that against the 49ers, they're in a great spot. They're also, the defense, they haven't played great teams, but by that same statistic that the 49ers are first, yards allowed, the Broncos are third. So this is a test for the Broncos now for their defense that's supposed to be a very good defense. On paper, a great defense. We've seen Randy Gregory come out and play very well, impact the game in a big way. We've seen it from Bradley Chubb as well. Bradley Chubb was pretty good in that Seattle game, especially getting after the quarterback. And obviously having Justin Simmons on short-term IR, big loss for the defense, but they have young safeties ready to step up and impact the game. And I think that those guys, P.J. Locke and... uh, now I'm going to forget the other guy's name that I love so much. Caden Stearns. Caden Stearns yeah. from Texas. Mm-hmm. Both great safeties. Pat Sertan not being hurt long-term is you know, a, is great news. A Broncos teams of any year of the last six years, these losses, you can, you can, you can it, uh, ink in a loss. Yeah. Russell Wilson makes up for all those shortcomings. That's what a quarterback like him does. I believe that you're, you're not going to hold a quarterback like Russell Wilson down for three games in a row no matter what the circumstances are. And I it's think not Russ like he's really been held game. down. Well, I, you're he just right. hasn't scored. They just haven't scored in the red zone. You're right. They've, I mean, again, against the Seahawks, they're moving the ball beautifully. And uh, when it mattered in the fourth quarter, Russ was great yeah. against the Texans. That's just really the truth, even if they don't have a ton of points to show for it. He made some huge, big throws that were the difference in winning the game. And then Russell Wilson knows these 49ers. Yeah. He's played these guys a bunch. He's comfortable with it. This is not a good quarterback or a young quarterback playing against a great team who will be overwhelmed any moment in any um, you know situation in the game. Um, I think this game's going to be close. Um, I don't want to get the reputation for and you know that mentality where we lose close games. Um, we won this last close game. We lost one before. What are we going to be? What's it going to be? You know, you kind of, it's weird. It's like, there's teams that I think have bad luck. It's, um, a, 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 there's a, I think there's teams that have playoff aspirations and quality uh, talent and are good enough to make the playoffs that suffer a couple bad losses in the season, that s- their schedule doesn't allow them to get set off or really get going, that in the end holds them back and keeps them at seven, eight, nine wins. Uh, teams that could have win maybe nine, 10, 11 games. So you are kind of like, again, they're, it's all up in the air right now but through a quarter of the season four games you know there's 17 games now but john fox used to say you take the season in in four quarters four four game quarters and you want to win every quarter you want to be three and one three and one three and one you know or four and oh um i think that the broncos over the next couple games will be kind of revealed to who and what we are undisciplined bunch of jack asses um or a team that once they cleaned up their um, messes, uh, got their responsibilities in order, and just did it a little bit better, is they're a team that could beat anybody any day. So the schedules helped the Broncos. They're not 2-0. They're 1-1, one one, but they're not 0-2 as well. 
This 49ers game is going to be a early, really big game for the Broncos. If you lose this game, you're one and two. Got to find nine more wins, you know? And that's, again, nine more wins in uh, 14 games left worth of schedule. That's winning two out of three of the rest of your games. So and, and the again, back half is heavy. It's just those it's tougher at the, the end. The 50-50 games that, like, again, we lost a win, winnable, a winnable game to the, the Seahawks. Seahawks. Yeah. You have to go get one back. That was a 50-50 game, and that's, that's one of those. So um, it's like the journey, the process. I wanted it to happen overnight, and um, – Maybe if it was a different coach, and that's no diss to the coach, because big picture, maybe Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson grow together and it becomes yeah. something very beautiful. But maybe there's an old veteran coach who could have maybe, you know, Dan Quinn could have got us there a little bit quicker. But maybe Dan Quinn didn't have the ceiling as a coach that Nathaniel Hackett has. You know, again, so for everyone who's like, oh, Dan Quinn would look pretty good right now. Maybe, you know, maybe, yeah. But also, he's a defensive coach, and you're bringing in a guy who's, um, you know, you hope to have an incredible offense with. And even with John Fox and Payton, um, they kind of had to separate. And Gary Kubiak, who was an offensive guy, came in, and while Payton wasn't the same guy, it was like, it was perfect. It worked out perfect. So, I'm not going to bury Coach Hackett yet. Here's some of the stuff he said yesterday, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got to make sure the communication is clear and concise. I need to do better making decisions faster and quicker and getting that information to the quarterback. It's got to improve, okay? Yeah. Not we, not uh, call the plays and they go, got to execute better. It's all of us. I, I heard I in there. There was a couple times, you know. Uh, then he says... It's about organization and communication. We just need to tighten that process up so we can make better decisions faster. Most important is being on the same page with Russell, and I think I can do a better job. Okay? Yeah. So. um, Fair. Everything he's saying is fair. Again, there's some guys who would never admit to this kind of stuff, say the problems are in everyone's problem, and, eh, you know, Cast a little. Fanjo was the king of casting blame and pointing guys out. Um, this is smart by Hackett because it's real. He's again. Um, the analogy is you um, put your resume. You need a new job. Um, there's two or three things that you see in the way. You got your your resume matches your 88 percent the qualifications. You're like, well, what am I missing here? Um, okay, uh, do I know how to do a CDR uh, programming with uh, you know functional? Have I worked with that before? Yeah, I have. I can do that. I mean, if if not, I've worked with someone else. I can figure it out. Okay, so you might, you know, you're not fibbing and lying on the resume. You're qualified. You know, you you went and wowed them in the interview. You got the job, but you're out the job. You walk in like the first day. Everyone's working. There might be someone to kind of show you around for half the day, or you might be able to shadow the old guy for a day or two. But you go to a new job, you're like, fuck, I don't even know where to park. You know what I mean? Let alone, like, where's, the, you know, the, the everything. You know, the binders for the tight ends. The uh, Where's the Dove Valley's the best snack machines? Where's the, uh, like, where it's just every facet of every functioning part of the entire process is being implemented brand new. 
brand new. And it's not going to happen overnight, just like anybody at a, a new job. Day one, you're just like, you're lost. Day two, you're like, uh, what's the job exactly? My kid do my, you know, my, I want to show that I'm working. Day three, it's like, am I doing enough? Eventually, after about two weeks or three weeks, you're doing the job. You know what the job entails. There's a routine and a rhythm. You're uh, maybe after a month or two, you might find a faster way to get to work or um, find out that this little kind of schedule works for you uh, with your with whatever you might do with your scheduling. It's it just takes time. It's gonna take time. Yeah, Mike McDaniel's turned these dolphins around. Look like you know pretty quick, but also Diddy. It's the same exact team that was a good team last year. He came in and just kind of added uh, a little bit of his culture and personality and took it to the next level. New coach, entire new coaching staff that is doing all new roles. Everyone's been uh, promoted, including Coach Hackett. Everyone else is, you know, being promoted. Um, a young team, a young team other other than uh, who's learning it all over again and who learned it the wrong way under Fangio. And a brand new quarterback who's maybe expecting his guys to be a little bit further along the process, wants his guys to be a little bit more professional and catch up, um, is trying to get his guys to get, to, you know, rise up to his level and put the, all the three things together. Sometimes it, it takes time, sometimes it won't work out. So there's, it won't work out. So what's the problem here? Uh, maybe you need more talent. Maybe your coach ain't kind of cut out for the job. Maybe uh, the last thing I would think is that Russ isn't good enough anymore. I don't believe that to be the case at all. I think the Russ's teammates haven't been good enough so far. I think uh, Russell's coaching hasn't been good enough so far. And Russ hasn't had enough polish on the whole thing to make it look as good as we know it can look. Okay? The Dolphins are 2-0. I get it. But Matt Ryan looks like, and the Colts look like they're fucking done. They can't do anything. Like it's like, you know what I mean? Like this just yeah, they're the worst team in the league. They are. It looks like that. <laughs> um, Tom Brady, they haven't done anything. Tom Brady's in. The, you know, the Buccaneers are two and zero. That goes to the maturity of the team. Maybe Todd Bowles coaching a little bit. The team the that defense. just won a Super Bowl and was in an NFC Championship game just like this yeah. months ago. Um, and, well, for anyone's like, well, Matt Stafford went to the Rams, and they won. The Rams were, like, on the cusp. They've been on the precipice for years, right? You know, the, They went to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. <laughs> they went to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. They added Vaughn Miller, you yep. know what I mean? One of the yep. greatest defensive players in NFL history to a team. Odell Beckham Jr., super talented, needed to go to a mature team where he couldn't be an asshole and go play uh, with a bunch of guys and just be a player again and not like a superstar. Worked out perfectly. The Rams are like three or four steps up ahead of the Broncos. You know, it's like if this was like a race, it's just like they're, they're um, on the other side of the track and the Broncos have to find a way to catch up. That's it. I mean, like, everything's about comps that we do, like, in life, and let alone sports, and let alone what we do at Sports Talk Radio or this podcast. And I'm just trying to get everyone to under kind of stand. Joe Burrow is, you know, looks like shit right now. And the Bengals, well, they got bad, o- bad offensive line. They got as much talent other than on the offensive line as anyone in the league. Sometimes and they tried to make that offensive line better, better. too, and it didn't work. It, it, they spent a lot of money, big investment. So it's like, by the end of the season, the Bengals aren't going to be the 12-win freak show we thought they'll find their way to nine or ten wins still and be right there in the mix as they try to build back up towards next year to not make these same mistakes again to become a Super Bowl contending team again it's like the Bengals again they could get red hot don't get me wrong I'd say they're closer to nine wins now 
then 11 wins. Yeah. Okay? So it's like, again, then the history of the brand, the Super Bowl hangover stuff. There's just, a, you know, lots of factors, lots of ways um, to uh, suck and to, to, to get better. There's hope for the Broncos, tons of hope, you know? Um, it hasn't looked as bad as we're making it out to be. The product on the field. The play calling shit, the clock management, um, that's that's has been good. It's a been a bad look, but also it's like new dudes doing new jobs. Every yeah. guy, every single Evero, every single guy, dude up in the booth who's your analytics guy. You know, might have been a junior analytics coordinator for Green Bay, who just would help the real guy doing the real job. Now he's doing the job. You know what I mean? So it's like. It's as much as I wanted to lie to you guys and make you believe it was going to happen overnight. It's going to take a little bit longer than I thought. But also, I believe the Broncos will bounce back and be more successful than even the Bengals this year. I mean, that's I like that. That's a stretch. And They're a already on track. That's a stretch and that's a reach. But also, you know, again, that's that's what it is. There's going to be a team or two like the Colts and the Bengals that were in the playoffs last year and the Raiders that aren't going to be in the playoffs this year. Who's going to jump in there? The Colts were in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, they lost that they last lost game. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. But who's going to step in and, and be those playoff teams? Well, yeah. now it looks like one of those is going to be the Dolphins. Like the Dolphins. Mm -hmm. And then um, who's that other AFC team? Hopefully it's the Broncos. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If they can get it firing and ramp up with the offense as Hackett gets more comfortable doing the role, it's, it's within their wheelhouse to take it. With all of these things we're saying – that it takes to just be competitive in an NFL game, let alone go out there and look like the Bills did last night, just dominating, pure, sheer domination, the most beautiful. It was like art. It was, it was beautiful. Um, Bills are phenomenal. The Bills are very special. Scoring touchdowns is hard. Winning games is hard. Getting it done in the red zone, all the polish, everything we talked about, it's a culmination. It's got to all come together in order to make that happen. And it'll come. It will come. And I hope it comes as quick as this weekend. Okay? Yeah. yeah. And then that's it. Because it's as much as we're thinking, damn, this schedule's easy. Jaguars don't look so easy anymore. Um, Justin Herbert's going to be a, f a big problem. Mahomes looks as good, looks as, good as ever. Um, we'll see what happens. I still believe at the end of the day, the Broncos land right on 10 wins. Right on 10 wins. And that'd be good enough for me because um, it's it's this it's the beginning. It's just the beginning. So um, the next couple years, this next off season, the free agency class is going to be off the chain. We're going to be adding dudes and be blowing everybody away. It's going to feel like you know the good old days back when we could have. Emmanuel and DeMarcus Ware and Aqib Tlaib and all that. But this is just, again, like the first Peyton team in 2012 had like Decker on it. And your running backs were no Sean and freaking um, Willis McGahee. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. All the wrong talent. I mean, Decker was good, but once they got Emmanuel, Emmanuel's better. You know, I love Decker. For sure. Um, you know, then running backs never got necessarily 
Yeah, they were. I think the combination of C.J. Anderson and Ronnie Hillman was better than a busted Willis McGahee and a no-shawn that was, you know, not a great player. Um, and you just saw it. They just saw it. It's like they, the team matured. They got better and deeper and more talented. And, they, you know, Peyton, they won in 2012. They had a bunch of success, but um, they weren't good enough to win it at all. Well, not enough stars, you know? Mm-hmm. Star power, big names, all that kind of stuff. So it'll come. Uh, total beverage, though. Our partner in this podcast, one of our partners in this podcast, man, those guys are, um, they're really an awesome couple superstars of alcohol and spirits and liquor, and I'll grab a cigar sometimes when I'm there. Whatever it may be, whatever you like, they have it. Um, if you want to go to their, re- uh, their website, they got drink recipes. I'm always looking for like a little tasty drink recipe. I like to shake it up a little bit. Um, my wife likes, you know, we like a little tasty drink sometimes, you know. Um I buy those claws. I buy those high noons. They're always priced cheaper than anybody um, in town. And those high noons are expensive. You know, they're, they're more expensive than cheap white claws or, or Trulies. Um, and if just like you want a 12-pack of beer, they're going to have exactly what you want from all the IPAs. It's aged in goat's milk. Um, any of those crazy old, you know, uh, uh, multi dark beers, whatever you want. Um, what are you going to have? What will you be having today, sir? May I take your um, order? Probably nothing today, but later oh. on in the week, yeah. maybe some Coors Lights. Coors Lights later yeah. in the week. Okay. Yeah. Totalbev.com. Go there. Go check those guys out. We really appreciate those guys. Um, you know, shout out to Platte River Mortgage, too. Sean Sedita, man. He's a really good dude. Um, he's one of our partners in this podcast as well. He's been a partner on the show for years and years and years. Um, if you're in town here in Colorado, and even if you're out of town, I would use Platte River Mortgage. For one, if you're in town here and you're using, like, an out-of-town guy, like a business that's in, like, Illinois or something like that, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Because Sean Sedita, who you'll work with throughout the entire process, is from here. He's from Wheat Ridge. He knows this, this market, this area, um, everywhere, inside and out, in this crazy market that it, it, it is. So Platte River Mortgage, they're at Platte River Mortgage on – they're at Platte River on Twitter, but Platte River Mortgage. Uh, go check him out. Sean Sedita is a, a world-class act. He's a super great guy. And then um, the Mav Sports app, okay, the Maverick Sports app, uh, nice app. Um, it's evolving. They're adding things to it all the time. Go download it. They're going to match your initial deposit up to $300. Um, some, the, the, the Maverick Sports app, I feel lucky on it. There's some, like, apps that I have. I'll admit that I've gone on before, and it's like, I can't win with them. I'm, it's like I don't feel lucky with them. For me... Maverick Sports app, man, I'm, I've been lucky these early on in the season. I'm a parlay builder. My college football stuff has been really good. My pro football stuff is not as good. Um, I'd like to be better, but I do it all at Maverick Sports, and they're, they're really good. So um, anything else? Any other Broncos news and notes stuff? Anything you could kind of think of uh, Why we're here, Danny Bailey? Um, it's Like you said early on, I think it just takes time. Everything takes time, so it's fun to overreact. I was I was overreacting big time after Sunday. Yeah. They didn't look good. I wasn't sure how I felt about Hackett. Now that I've had a day to sit with it, it's early. They got time. They'll figure it out. And uh, the main thing that I want to see is if this team is like a, are we just going to let Russell Wilson go do whatever he wants and throw the ball all over? Or are we going to commit to the run because we have two really good running backs? Yeah. I think it's going to make a big difference, especially this week. Okay. Uh, what's your information uh, on your social media front? How do uh, I get a hold of you? You find me on Twitter at dbailey5280. Okay. It's, uh, you know, it's not that active these days, but 
every once in a while I'll go on a tweet spree during I like college when football I like Saturday, when you emotionally NFL, tweet. NFL. Yeah, pretty, they're pretty much all emotional. <laughs> Unless it's something to do with the station, it's, it's probably fueled by emotion. Okay, uh, or fueled by Total Beverage. Uh, we love those guys. We uh, appreciate you, Danny Bailey, for doing the podcast with us. You know, um, we'll be back tomorrow with another one. We'll start to look forward to the 49ers, break them down a little bit. They're, they're not world beaters. They're actually, you know, they're not going to go score 30 on you unless you, you know, let them uh, give them a couple, you know, um, mistakes and give them some easy points. It's going to be a really good game. I think the Broncos bounce back in a big way. Win or loss, I think the Broncos, we're going to leave um, that game feeling a little bit better about ourselves, big picture. Um, the 49ers were in the NFC Championship game last year. Mm-hmm. Red freaking hot down the stretch of the season. We're doing just everything right. Have those kind of guys. Guys who might be super not by might not be superstars and stars by name, but are by, you know, um by their play and maybe by their, you know, reputation from inside of uh, the league itself. Just a bunch of tough guys, gritty gutty, and then Kyle coordinates it and puts it all together as good as anybody. And, you know, Kyle's like a we love Kyle Shanahan a little bit. 49ers yeah. are like, you know, if there's some I think there's people who kind of root for the 49ers around here as an NFC team, even though the 49ers, what they did to us all those years ago in the Super Bowls and all that. So um, that's it. I am Danny Williams. Uh, I'm at Tweets Danny on Twitter. Radio show 10 to noon every single day at milehighsports.com. Um, in town here, it's 98.1 FM, 107.5 HD3. You can watch us at milehighsports.com. You just go to milehighsports.com, 10 o'clock. There's a box on the front page. It's a Twitch. It's me. And it's been Jeff Gersh lately who's been hanging out with us with such special guests as Danny Bailey. Uh, go check it out every single day. Uh, uh, that's it. We appreciate you guys. And we love you guys. Good night, Sheila. Good night.